This is Daniel Blair. Let's take you down to the Moto X Pod podium. All right, welcome back to another episode of the podium. This week we have uh, Racer X and Whiskey Throttle host David Pingree. What's up, Ping? Hey, man, what's happening? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, dude, I'm excited. It's been a little bit since I've had a chance to talk to you. And uh, this week, uh, I just thought it'd be cool to get your, since you're a firefighter EMT, maybe get your top three most, you know, whether it be interesting or crazy stories from, you know, doing a, going out on a run. And those things, I know you, you encounter all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, well, thanks. Um, yeah, just a quick correction, firefighter paramedic. Okay. Okay. There's about, a, there's about a year of schooling difference, and I don't want to discount that. That was a hell of a lot of work for me. Oh hell so. yeah, yeah. That's okay. I apologize. <laughs> no, no worries. So you want the three craziest calls? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, or let's start. You know, I, I usually start with number three. If you have a particular order, or you can do them in whatever order they come to mind. Um. Uh, all right. Um. I kind of I, the three that I kind of popped into my head. Uh, I had a structure fire. It's probably been about four years ago now. And um, the house was ripping. And we were the second unit in. So we got, you know, there's a, a sort of a protocol for which unit gets there first and second, third, fourth, and then what assignment they're given on the fire. Right. And we got assigned to fire attack with the first due in engine. So basically, that fireman grabbed the, the hose line and I jumped in behind him and we both went inside. So a truck will get assigned to the roof. They go in and do, they cut a hole and let the smoke and heat out of the attic. And that lifts all the smoke out of the structure as well. So we can see better and the temperature drop. So anyway, um, we are trying to find this fire. Smoke is like to the floor. Really, we train for this kind of stuff by blacking out our masks right. and, you know, feeling our way through a structure. So it's, I, I just remember this being the first one of those calls where I was like, um, so, you know, I'm kind of not line behind my partner in front of me and where, you know, I'm making sure I keep track of where he is and we're following a wall going in and, um, we hear them venting as we're kind of making our way back to where there was a room. And then there was meant to, we were told before we went in that there was a victim inside. Okay. Uh, it was an, an elderly patient who was not ambulatory. She couldn't run out. And so anyway, um, as soon as they got ventilation going, the smoke kind of lifted up. We were able to see, get back to the fire, get it knocked out. And uh, unfortunately, there was someone in the back, and she did not make it. Um, mm. But I, I just remember this fire, one, being really hot. No, you could not see a thing. And you get in there and you're trying to thinking, okay, I, I came and I know where the front door was. I kind of know the footprint of the house. So the room is probably back here and you're trying to head that direction, but it's like being in a maze that you don't know with your eyes shut and trying to find your way back there. You know, it's yeah, really, yeah. really, for me, it was my first experience with that. And it, it just stood out to me and then having a fatality as well, which, which is a bummer. We obviously do our best to, to avoid that, but uh, sometimes it's just, there's nothing you can do. So that was one. The second call that stands out for me was, I don't know if you remember, two years ago, we had a fire out here in our area in San Bernardino called the Blue Cut Fire. And yes. it was a massive vegetation fire. And I was the first engine on scene of that fire. And we were there with Forest Service and getting the line cut around. And it was a small little spot fire. It wasn't big. 
and but the wind started picking up and it jumped an ember popped up and jumped over the road and made a run up this canyon this uh, big canyon called Swarthout Canyon so we got reassigned as it started making a run up this canyon and we're you know getting people to evacuate and we were, they were just telling us the wind's moving too hard. There's too much fuel. There's no way we're going to be able to defend any of these structures. So evacuate people and get out. Right. And you know, those are tactical decisions that are made above our pay grade, but they make them for a reason. And, uh, in the next two or three days, I saw some of the craziest wildland fire behavior I've ever seen. At one point we were assigned to defend this structure. And, you know, when you're fighting wildland fire, you don't have any kind of um, breathing apparatus on. Okay, so like in a in a structure fire, you're wearing a full what we call an SCBA. So you're breathing air out of that tank. So you can go into really hot environments and still breathe normal air and and be protected. In your wildland here, you're not. Right. And anytime if you're getting so close that you're breathing hot air, you're too close to the fire. Right. Like that's it's just a different animal. So. The way the winds were working, though, you know, fire kind of creates its own weather. Uh, when it's bre- when it's when it's burning that big, it, it it creates a draft of air in and then up, and then it starts to swirl, and you get this really erratic behavior where the wind will shift. You know, it's blowing one way, it's blowing one way, and all of a sudden it'll just lay down the other direction. And that happened to us. There was this row of pine trees as we were pumping hose back to protect the structure, and the, these pine trees were all burning. They were forty foot tall, fifty foot tall trees. And so the flames were kind of blown away from us as we're starting to run down and then it shifted and all of the flames laid down on top of us. Oh, wow. And oh my, and my, my captain and I, we dropped the hose and we're like using our shrouds to kind of protect our face, our, our nose and mouth and running back. And I mean, it was gnarly. It just, I literally, I just saw flames wrap around me and I shut my eyes and just started running back to the engine. And then all of a sudden, as quick as it laid down, it picked up and went the other direction again. And I'm looking around, like, checking to make sure I'm not on fire. And I look at my yeah. captain, he's like, grab the hose, let's go. And so we sprinted back and got past those trees before it did it again. But And I ended up protecting that structure. It didn't burn. We were super stoked. In fact, I, there was a photo of us fighting that fire in the L.A. Times. Oh, wow. That. So yeah, that's... that was just the most crazy behavior. And I have probably 10 different stories from that one fire alone. Right. That were just insane. Yeah, I think I've told you before, you know, I do volunteer fire department stuff out here, but we don't have anything near like that. But we do do a lot of brush fires, you know, during the summertime out here. And But gotcha. like the stuff you're talking about is way more intense. It doesn't move that fast here. I mean, we get the dry pine needles and it'll move pretty quick. But yeah, I've never had to do anything like what you're talking about. Thank God. I mean, it's that's, that's pretty gnarly, man. Well, stay composed. This was really, really, really unprecedented. I mean, we had fire whirls. The the strike team leaders were backing us out, saying we're not. This is too crazy the way it was acting. Yeah. Anytime you get fire whirls, that's kind of that uh, fire creating its own weather. Like I mentioned, it's like a little fire tornado. Right, know, right. Fire. And it's just the, you know, the fire kind of breathing and hot air going up, drawing fresh air in from the sides, and it just starts spinning. And and again, you don't know what direction it's going to go. So to to attack it and try to do like a, a, a you know, a frontal assault on it or something, you, you're just asking to get in trouble. Right. So it, it really took a while before we even engaged. And then at a point we, we, we pushed the strike team leader into doing something we're like, dude, we're not going to stand here and watch all these houses burn. Like we're going to pick what we think is defensible and we're going for it. So it was crazy. That fire was 
easily the biggest one we've ever had in our county. And um, it was one of the bigger fires that we've had in the state until last summer when all the yeah. Malibu fire and the Woolsey fire and all that burnt. So Gnarly, uh, that was for decades. The Churbies has been the leader in moto plastic and accessories with research and development. They continue to be on the top step of the podium each year with products that fit perfectly, look amazing and last. The Churbies is what you need. Achirbys is the proud sponsor of Factory Red Bull KTM, Factory Kawasaki, TLD KTM, and many more teams. If you're looking for full plastic kits, individual pieces, disc guards, chain guide sliders and blocks, frame guards, gear, or any other of the numerous products Achirbys offers, visit AchirbysUSA.com or call 1-800-659-1440 and Brian and the crew will take care of you. Make sure to let them know that the Moto X Pod show sent you. That will be my second one. And then the third call actually wasn't that long ago, maybe a month or two. And it's right up the street from my station here. We had a call for a double stabbing. Oh, wow. And, you know, when we get the dispatch call that comes in, you hear it and you're like, after a while, you kind of get a little callous to it. You're like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, because you get there and they'll say it's a CPR, and you get there and the guy's just laying in the lawn. He's like, "What? You sleeping?" <laughs> right, right, right. So this came as a double stab. We're like, "Okay, I'll bet it. I'll bet it is." So we we pull in, grab our gear, and we start heading in. And there's like blood, like drips going all the way up the driveway into the garage. And I'm like, "Oh, okay, this might be real." And I I, I can't give any specifics due to the HIPAA regulations, sure. but I'll just say this house looks like something you'd see in a Halloween like haunted house or, or, you know, house of horrors. Yeah. I was just like a Rob zombie, like a Rob zombie movie or something. Dude, blood was everywhere. And this autistic 15 year old kid got mad because his phone got taken away and he cut his brother and sister up. Oh, wow. And, um, thankfully they, they lived, but one of them had an evisceration in her abdomen, intestines spilling out. The other kid got stabbed in the back with a sucking chest wound. Um, which means it went all the way through to his lung and, you know, punctured the punctured his lung. So thank God they made it and, uh, they ended up catching this kid, but man, as far as scenes go and like, um, walking into just the knife he used was probably 14 inches long, big old butcher knife. It was wild, man. Yeah. That's. That's the kind of stuff I've gone on a couple medical calls, you know, or, or even some, like some accidents with fatalities and, I honestly, I just don't have the stomach for it. It's, it's, it's tough. I don't like it. I don't know how you guys do that. You, you have to have a, you have to be able to separate that, I guess. And it's, it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten pretty good with, um, adults. Yeah. I can just compartmentalize it. And, and it, it's like, I, I don't have any issues at all. Kids are tough. Yep. And then people that I know, um, I, I've spoken about this before, but when, um, Brian Villapoto's dad had his heart attack, I was, the only one there myself and uh, a couple of off duty police officers. So we <clears throat> ran the whole CPR until <clears throat> fire and the ambulance company showed up. And that one really stuck with me for a while. It was just oh, really tough to shake. Yeah. You know, those are messy scenes anyway. Yep. And, um, to have it be someone, you know, man, it was just, it was tough. Yeah. I, uh, I worked an accident about two months ago where I, uh, a kid, a 15, 16 year old kid had stolen his mom's car and went out partying and, uh, flipped the car and, uh, you know, it was in the middle of the night and they found him the next morning. It was down in a Creek. So, I mean, we got there and you, the only thing I could see was this kid's leg and his calf. 
instantly made me think of my son. And I was like, okay, I don't know where my, you know, my son's girlfriend's car looks like. I started, you know, I was just like, I had to call him immediately. Just had to check on him because I couldn't think of anything else because it was, and it was just like, I can't do this. It's not for me. Yeah. Yeah. The minute you relate it to something personal, yep. it really, really changes the dynamic of it. So it really does. That's man. why kids, especially kids that are my daughter's age, it, it's, it's tough. Oh yeah. And uh, I've been pretty fortunate. I haven't had any really horrific stuff with kids. Um, definitely work with guys who have, and it's, sure. I'm thankful I wasn't on some of the calls they've been on. So it's just one of those things, man. It's a tough part of the job. Absolutely. Well, I commend you for doing it. Um, what a hell of a career change, but, uh, you're, you're a hero, man. It's, it's a, you know, you're a moto hero and now you're a, you're just an American hero. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I, I, I honestly, um, I was struggling to kind of figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was, when I was managing the TLD team, it was, it was gone every weekend. My wife and I just had kids and we're, we're sitting around talking and I'm like, I can't do this forever. I can't, I'm not going to be gone and miss my kids whole lives. You know, like I'm, I, I got to figure out something where I'm home more. Right. Her father was a captain with the department at the time. And he's like, Hey, you need to come ride along and check this out. I think you'd like it. Um, it was funny. Actually, Brock Sellards and I went up and we both did a ride out with him on a Thanksgiving, whatever year it was. And we had like a little car fire and a, and a stabbing and, you know, a couple of teeth, a couple of car crashes. And I just remember thinking, this is nuts, man. This is like a cool job. Right. I right. think I could, you know, get into this. And then the more I pursued it, the more I just really fell in love with it. And anyway, I best job in the world as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, I'm, I think it's amazing that you're, you're doing it and you obviously have the mentality for it. And that's fantastic. Um, let me ask you, are there any uh, bike builds coming up? Any rides you're going to be doing for uh, Racer X? Oh yeah. Well, always, man. We got all kinds of projects coming up. Um, we're actually building our first electric bike project. So that'll be interesting. Some people will love it. Some will hate it. Um, that's a pretty polarizing subject. It it is for now. um, I think the people will get over it eventually. I think they will. You know, we have a saying here in the fire service. That's I think pretty true with motocrossers true. It's, it's like, uh, there's two things we can't stand change and the way things are. You know, we, we just like to bitch about stuff. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Um, that's true. You know, we hate these four strokes and ah, they ruined it. Ah, but we'll, well, here's what, what about electric? No, no, we hate that too. I don't <laughs> want to go to that, you know? Yeah. So I think that the, a lot of the people who don't like electric haven't ridden one. They haven't ridden an Alta. You're right about and, that. And, you know, I, in my head, and again, I haven't ridden the Honda, but, when you look at Honda as a company and what they're capable of technologically, and then you look at Alta, which was like the startup people that knew nothing about motorcycles and look at how good that thing got. If you ever rode one. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, man. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So, I wanted one instantly. I was just, you know, I, I loved it. And, and for me, somebody like me, who's not super talented and like my, my technique's not good. I'm not, I don't keep my fingers on the clutch lever uh, or the brakes like you're supposed to. So I, I have the extra second of hesitation going into a corner Well, with the Alto, I didn't need any of that. You just twist the throttle and go. And it's like, it was perfect. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Well, because there's less going on, Yeah. you don't have to worry about a finger on the clutch, yep. taking a little bit of the engine brake off and, 
you're breaking and you know you can literally just focus on okay focus on your line turn and throttle i mean like it's just that simple it really makes it simple it was it was really fantastic there and i I hope they come around like we i have a lot right across the street from my house that we own that you know in the neighborhood if i had an electric bike i could put a little corner track in but if i fire the 450 up people get a little upset oh yeah so yeah yeah so we'll we'll see where it goes but yeah anyway well uh, we've we've also got a a really neat we've actually already we shot this several months back um sunny garcia who's a buddy of mine uh built this 500 this kawasaki 500 and it's unbelievable he spent close to 30,000 bucks on this thing wow i mean it's handmade one of kind it's unreal and we went out and rode it easily the best 500 i've ever ridden he had like works kyd forks on it and this olin shock and a handmade swing arm and i mean just done up to the nines and we kind of had it in the queue to, to go in earlier but I don't know if you heard or not, but a couple of weeks after that, like two weeks after that, uh, Sonny attempted suicide. Yes. And uh, he's still, you know, not uh, not 100%, so we've, we've kind of been holding on to it, waiting to see what happens. And um, But anyway, I think that's coming out here in the next month or two okay. regardless. So uh, that that's an amazing project and uh, certainly may be a good tribute to my buddy Sonny. Yeah, I look forward to seeing that. And I met uh... – Brent Rouse this last weekend. Um, who oh, I guess, yeah. He, yep. he, he was out here at Swan and he was hanging out with uh, Van Martin, who I was talking to. And I had mentioned that I had a 99 CR 250 that was in parts that I wanted to rebuild. And it was just a little too overwhelming for me. Just It was going to cost more than I thought it was going to be worth. And he's like, well, what do you want for it? You know, because uh, I said, literally, it's in parts. Like, you'll have to box it up. And I was like, you can, you know, I just, <laughs> you can have it, man, because I got it for free. Basically, I'll pay it back. Uh, he came and picked it up, so I think he's going to rebuild that bike. But I guess he does a lot of the bikes that you ride. He's done a couple. He did okay. uh, two this year, and then he did one last year that we we shot. Yeah, um, you know those guys are those guys do a, a lot of good work on those projects for sure. Sounds like it. Yeah, he was a good dude. Um, well, before I let you go, real quick, what's what's next for Whiskey Throttle? You know, we've got some really neat guests coming up. Um, our, our live show is next Friday. Our, our we try to do one every month that's live. Right. And um, the September live show is going to be the 13th Friday night down on Laguna Beach at TLD Laguna uh, with Kalani Rob. And uh, Kalani, if you've ever seen the movie that was just recently released called Momentum Generation, Mm-mm. it's about this uh, a group of surfers that, that completely changed the face of that sport. They changed the way people surf. They changed the whole um, complexion of it. And Kalani was in that group of guys, Kelly Slater, Rob Machado, um, Benji Weatherly is a handful of guys. So, um, if you haven't seen it, it's an amazing movie. And anyway, Kalani has got a couple of really neat projects going on in Southern California that we wanted to kind of help him talk about. And uh, we just thought it'd be a cool time to come in and and run through his career and life and all that. So any surf fans or just anybody that's interested in the good story, come check that out. We got Doug Henry on the week after that, so that should be epic. That'd be good. And uh, Malcolm Smith coming up shortly. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, lots of lots of good good folks coming in. Awesome. So, well, I look forward to to listening to those. I my, I can't keep up with all the podcasts I listen to, but I, I just 
<laughs> yeah, I, I keep trying, and you know, just anytime I'm on the road headed to do a race, that's all I do. Is like I, Kyle Kyle Cunningham asked me this or said this last weekend at Swan. Like, I don't see how you listen to podcasts; they're so boring. I was like, yeah, I don't know what to tell you, man. That's all I listen to now. Well, if you're if you're a fan of the sport, I, I mean, and I get it that some people can't relate to the guys from the '70s or '80s if right. they weren't, you know, uh, around during that era, but. I mean, man, these are the guys that laid the groundwork for our sport, and um, they got some pretty incredible stories. Oh yeah, yeah. The the one you did with the Coster, I, I think I told you at Anaheim this year. Like, like I I absolutely just love those stories because some of the him telling the stories of you know riding and having to hide it from his parents and all that. That was like that was had me glued in. Yeah. Like that was amazing. So yeah, you're doing a great job, man. I love it. Yeah. Hey, I'm getting a call. All right, Speaking Ping. Of, be safe. So, uh, Thank you. I'm going to run. Thanks for yep. your time. All right, bud. See you. We'll see you. See you. All right. That's David Pingree. Uh, appreciate you guys listening to the, the podium. And once again, this is brought to you by Cherby's USA. Back next week with another episode.